You're listening to the Changing Lives Podcast, where we talk with health professionals, industry experts, and everyday heroes, changing lives on the front lines through emergency healthcare. I'm Ben Cleaver. And I'm Tim Buxton. So the town I'm in, um, I remember when we first moved there, the guy that was hanging up the blinds in my house the next week had a knapsack and was being picked up to be taken to the front lines. Um, and I was just, I just remember, it became real for me then that what was seven checkpoints and two mountain ranges away suddenly was my neighbor um, that was going to the front lines. And I'm talking about the very front lines, stopping ISIS from, from entering in. And so that, that became really, um, I guess, profoundly real. Well, Tim, here we are. This is it. This is our first ever podcast episode. We have been waiting for this day for a long time. Absolutely. This is exciting. And today we're going to break it in, uh, break in our, our, our podcast, the Changing Lives podcast, with a bit about us. That's right. I mean, we are your hosts after all. And uh, yes. we're looking forward to getting to know a lot of people. Um, but I, I think it'll be really good. Just to start things off, just chatting, chatting, getting a bit of a background on on who who we are and yeah, yeah, and I can't yeah. wait to hear more about you. Although I know because we've known each other for quite a while. That's right. We are certainly not uh, new to each other's faces. We've pretty yep. much grown up together, haven't we? Yep, yep, we have, we have. So we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk to you about what is the Changing Lives podcast, what's coming up, some of the episodes or, or people we're going to be interviewing, future, and, and generally what course we're going to take terms of who we talk to and what they can expect. Yeah, I'm super pumped to be a part of this project. I mean, to be a part of a podcast and then to be be able to talk with people that are doing incredible things out there on the front lines, um, I'm really looking forward to it. So I think we're going to get uh, to know some really interesting people along the way. And obviously, like you said, discover um, just the many pathways there are for folk to, to really get out there and, and put their passion um into use and absolutely absolutely now um those students that are in the apc or australian paramedical uh, college programs uh for paramedical science or healthcare uh, might have seen my face before and probably um may be sick of my face quite quite Uh, honestly no one could get Uh, sick of your pretty face uh, thanks mate thanks yeah but but you but you they haven't seen tim that's right. I'm the new recruit. Yep. So welcome on. Welcome Thank on board. You. Yeah, and no, I'm I'm very excited. I mean, I've known about Australian Paramedical College for for quite some time now, um, but uh, yeah, I've just uh, been on board since the beginning of the year and uh, and working mainly behind the scenes and 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 just excited for. Well, we've been working on this project, like we said, for quite some time and uh, looking forward to yeah to show my face around a bit more. We have, and so the exciting thing about changing lives is that we are focused in on emergency healthcare. Those people, the industry experts, mm. the professionals, clinicians, the everyday heroes, whether they're volunteers or well-developed exactly. into their career, um, or both. And the exciting thing about that is, is that these people have a story to tell. Mm. And it needs to be told. And that's what we're trying to do here. The ambulance shows and all these sort of mm. TV uh, shows that that are on at the moment, which are great, absolutely fantastic. They take you into the, the heart of the emergency. Uh, but there's not a lot of time to learn a lot about the people on board. Mm-hmm. 
And so we want to hear their stories as well and how their journey, their pathway into uh, emergency healthcare. We also want to talk to people maybe in the education space of emergency mm. healthcare, those uh, ac- academics and people uh, with a, no- a lot of knowledge and really open up the whole space uh, for people, particularly those if you are earlier on in your journey in healthcare, whether it be for uh, you wanting to be a paramedic or uh, a medic or even a first responder or a volunteer or nursing or anything, anything of that matter. Um, you want to, you need to know what's ahead mm. and where you're going. And even you might have an idea of, hey, yeah, I want to be a paramedic. But mm. as we've learned talking to these people and being involved in the industry, there is, when you take a step out mm-hmm. and there is so much, there's so much on offer. And uh, that's what we want to crack open with this podcast. Yeah. I, like you said, uh, the journeys people take and the the many ways life kind of sends you on different unexpected uh, pathways. Uh, I, I'm very curious just to, you know, spend some time chatting with some of these folk and, and really finding out what is it that, that led them to the path that they've gone down. Like you said, that human interest aspect, uh, the side of, of things is, is something that I think we all um, find so inspiring and find so um, motivating for us personally as well. Just like that uh, that documentary uh, that that I think a lot of us have been talking about, the Michael Jordan Last Dance documentary. The, when you get behind the scenes and you find out, wow, this this father happened with his father, or what happened there, and you realise, wow, um, we all have incredible, incredible stories, uh, things that we've overcome to get to where we're at. And uh, so I, I look forward to being able to to find that inspiration and and to keep people that have a passion for this industry um on that path and not looking back um it's going to be i'm sure lots of obstacles along the way um but i think we're gonna um and we've already you know had some chats with some folk already and it's been pretty inspiring getting into some of that too so they've lots to for folk to look forward to for sure yeah you're absolutely right and these are people quite often and you might identify with this that people that want to make a difference yeah. and want to learn and and learn more and know more and be able to do more so they can help more and you're no stranger to that tim mm-hmm. you are somewhat around 15 years experience in international humanitarian work um you've been on the front lines of um emergencies uh, rescue efforts of war-torn areas. Guys, um, Tim won't tell you this, but he has uh, some stories and he has an amazing uh, background. You've been to over 40 countries. You founded a charity back here in Australia uh, which supports refugees uh, coming into the country, empowers them uh, to flourish here. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy has a story, but uh, and we could go on. Uh, but keep no no just keep just going keep on. going yeah I would like that no, Tim you've lived in many countries uh, not least northern Iraq in the midst of the ISIS turmoil mm-hmm. that was happening there you were there for four years with wife and three kids That's now correct. four I will add that now yes. four four well, kids I've joined the club then. Yes, thank you. you. I have four kids too. as well. You we beat are, me to it. We have we have a few kids between when us. When our families get together, you know that there's a it is a lot of chaos. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. We have to prep. Like I have to mentally prep ourselves, myself, <laughs> when we before we get together because it's it's, true. it's chaos. I think there's a threshold. 
you know, you have kids and they're joined by a few friends and it's awesome because they take care of each other. Uh-huh. But I, I reckon there's a threshold. I reckon it's around about seven or eight and we're there. And yes. that it gets like, okay, they're all, they're all, you know, uh, they're playing, but it is a kind of a little overwhelming. Yes. Um, it's And, and they're at that age too. They're all still quite, you know, toddler age. Yeah, they age. are. So it's, uh, yeah, lots of, uh, lots of fun. Tim, you moved to Northern Iraq mm-hmm. to set up communities and support networks for people, widows, orphans, displaced mm-hmm. um, by the conflict over yeah. there between Iran and Iraq, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but you landed on the day you landed. You, you and your wife decided, yes, mm-hmm. we'll do this. I don't know how you came to that decision. <laughs> yes. Well, that's a story in and of itself. But yes, we did. Um, and you landed and it was the day you had three kids in tow. Mm -hmm. It was the day ISIS declared war. Yeah. So essentially no one had really heard about who ISIS was. They weren't really featured on the news at all. Even before we moved to Iraq, um, there were a small little rebel group in Syria, um, uh, an offshoot group, very small leader. And then they gained notoriety and fame, infamy, I should say, when they invaded uh, the country of Iraq, moved uh, from Syria into Iraq, and they took the city of Mosul, the second largest city in Iraq. The U.S. um, uh, had had trained up a lot of the local Iraqi police and provided them with all these weapons. Well, all those weapons just got left behind, all the the Humvees, US-made Humvees, and and suddenly they had inherited the second largest city with all these weaponry, advanced weaponry, and that became extremely powerful overnight. Well, the same day that they did that was the very same day that we landed in an airport um, about 35 miles from this city. So... So you're uh, like, okay, that's a mistake. Let's well, get the we, out. we we kind of we we drove two hours to the border uh, of Iran, so about 15 miles from Iran, which is the town that we lived in, um, and it was a mountainous area. But uh, we 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 didn't really know what had happened until uh, the next day. We woke up and and heard the news, and it was like, oh wow, this is interesting. Um, now all our neighbors, all the people in the community, they they really didn't. They were not as as uh, afraid as as you'd think that they would be. I mean, again, we're talking about uh, countries that perpetually live with war and these kinds of of um, events. And so, yeah, we. I mean, it was definitely a lot happened in a very short period of time. And what we thought we were going there for was to work, like you said, with widowed and orphaned and at-risk communities from displacement from war. Suddenly we had 1.5 million refugees flooding into the, our region where we were living, and it turned into basically um, yeah, emergency crisis humanitarian refugee work for the next, yeah, close to four years. Wow, that was like bad timing, but um, amazing timing really for what you were able then to do to support these people. Exactly, yeah. I mean, lots of... Uh, Lots of lots of highs and lows, but um, profoundly um, incredible experience, and amongst the people that are that are you know true heroes as well. So yeah. So you're a part of building uh, uh, temporary communities. Yeah. Um, as well as you build a help to build a hospital. Yeah. There, um, and I mean we could go into that, but what I really want um, 
there was a time when you were found yourself on the front lines of war, but also needing to help to coordinate medical aid to people on the front lines of of, yeah. of war. Can you elaborate a bit about that? Yeah. So the town I'm in, um, I remember when we first moved there, the guy that was hanging up the blinds in my house the next week had a knapsack and was being picked up to be taken to the front lines. Um, and I was just, I just remember it became real for me then that what was seven checkpoints and two mountain ranges away suddenly was my neighbor um, that was going to the front lines. And I'm talking about the very front lines stopping ISIS from from entering in. And so that, that became really, um, I guess, profoundly real. And it wasn't later till we discovered that if, I think 80% of the what they call Peshmerga, which are the um, the the uh, division of the army for the Kurd Kurds, eighty um, percent of those that were dying on the front line, that were uh, leaving behind widows and family members, that were really the 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 heart and soul of the front line force, were from our region. They were the bravest fighters. They were known as as the best, and 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 really were defending. Not only our our homes, a few hours away, but they were fighting for the the world. Everyone was scared of ISIS at this point, and they knew if they had grown in more and more power. And so, you know, we we really took it on um, as a heart to support their families. We we obviously cared for the those families that were left behind without sons and and husbands and brothers and and family members. But we also began um, partnering with another organization to help. Uh, the them train train these um, these forces in event medics how to how to be, how to how to respond as a medic on the front line how to respond um, in just the most basic first aid training that none of them had uh, when when someone gets there's no ambulances in town that we lived in 150 thousand people so the the concept of of when you get injured, uh, having having a, a first aid, you just drive them in your car to to the the hospital, and and everything's done there and then. And so there wasn't a culture at all. And so um, um, so yeah, so we really did support them, and it, and it came to a point in time in in the war, a couple of years um, being there, that uh, actually towards the end, uh, so uh, I think around the third year mark, uh, that. There was talk about they were going to invade Mosul and conquer ISIS and and get them out of there. They were they were going to launch an attack on the city to reclaim it. it. Was it was critical that that we did this and so an offensive an offensive to yep. reclaim. And so we would go to the front line and um, again there was a lot of international um, um, stations. There was the the Finnish and the French and the the, the British had their kind of uh, frontline paramedic forces there there was helicopters and hospitals and and here we are we roll up and we set up our own kind of collection point uh, ccp casualty collection point um and and we were able to in that um in that frontline base area um receive those that were were being um uh you know fighters that were coming in i mean they'd literally go in You'd see the zigzag road that they'd have to take because it, you know, had been mined and trenched, and they'd disappear off this little pickup truck with a machine gun, 
and they'd disappear off to go and 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 find snipers that were the the remaining remaining force there on the front line and and to attack and to and to to gain that little bit further and then they'd come running you know rushing back through and you know sometimes they'd be happy because they you know felt like they'd they'd knocked someone off and it was it was it's a real experience to be that close to the action um but to know that um you know we could be a part of of uh you know caring for those that were you know right there and then um performing some of the most brave heroic actions and you found yourself as a you know basic first aid trained basic life support you were the you were the edu- you were the more informed in in that situation you were working with were you working with other medical professionals yeah so we had we had others that had um, on our team that were far more educated than I and so my role really was more of a coordinator's role in many and many roles that we we worked in um, and opening up um, you know like working with the locals I mean we I, I'm not a medic I'm not trained in, in any of that that uh, aspect but um, was able to help you know with the coordination of those things um, but yeah I mean it, it's it was you know thinking back to some of the the experiences there um, um, it's uh, yeah there's definitely an incredible tremendous need um, uh, for people um, many many people came and volunteered with our organization and the organization that we partnered with so there was lots and lots of uh, lots of incredibly brave smart people doing great things yeah amazing and mm. you're back here now in Australia um, you've lived all over New York City um, I might add and I guess you know New York City can be a bit of a war zone at times yeah um, not quite in the you know, explicit way as what you were just uh, describing, but um, I guess uh, now in Australia, um, mm-hmm. you, you there, there's a lot of you've been involved in around the world in terms of humanitarian efforts. Yeah, so uh, I I first moved to New York when I was uh, early twenties and um, I had a around the world ticket, and I ended up um, uh, working for this what is now world famous church in Times Square, Manhattan, very big. I mean, it has 150 gospel choir. In fact, you know, because you came and I was there and, yeah. uh, and spent some time there with me. And so, um, but they were really big on doing humanitarian outreaches around the world. They did a lot of work in New York City with the homeless and drug addicts. And, um, and, and that was kind of really where, what, what drew me in. And yeah, so I, I spent a lot of time coordinating a lot of their uh, humanitarian trips, uh, led teams to Papua New Guinea, medical teams. Um, uh, we, we even responded to two hurricanes that impacted America hugely. Um, my, uh, uh, my wife who was down at Katrina. Now she even got a photo with George Bush responding to to the emergency down there. That's um, up on the wall. Obviously. That's up on no. the wall. Yeah, next to me, her and George. Ah, oh. no, no. Anyway, so and and um, yeah. So um, one huge uh, uh, catastrophe hit New York called um, Hurricane Sandy, and that was that uh, was oh, was like a month-long kind of humanitarian team coordination effort. So that's kind of really where I've mm. I've kind of focused on um, and found myself in. Um, but, yeah, now back in Australia for the last few months, we've moved around a bit. 
uh, globetrotting family we are. We're in Colorado for about a year doing doing a lot of work in the Middle East. But uh, yeah, it's good to be back in Australia now, and um, and obviously, uh, yeah, can't can't beat the the beach and the, the beat life the Gold here. Coast. Yeah, and uh, obviously through your work, um, you've gained some gained some great skills connections, um, experience with, particularly with that part of the world mm-hmm. and, and with refugees. And now you've set up You Belong. Um, so yeah. You Belong Australia. Shameless plug, You Belong Shameless Australia. Shameless plug for You Belong Australia, which uh, was founded by Tim, which is an initiative, an amazing initiative that really welcomes, uh, educates, prepares and helps refugees to really flourish yeah. in Australia. And uh, and you're studying, so can you tell us just yeah. a bit about that? You know, um, you know, I've always found that you know that when one season ends, uh, there's often a time of preparation for the next, and that's often often that means a time of learning, a studying, broadening what you know. And so, I found myself back at university um, and doing postgraduate in philanthropy and nonprofit studies. So it really takes the whole industry or the 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 nonprofit the the humanitarian world that I'm so passionate about, um, and I know I'm, I'm sure so many of our listeners are, but it looks at it from a more kind of business uh, governance side of things. How do we do these things better? How do yeah. we be more effective? And I've seen so much waste in large organisations, the the UN, unfortunately, and and others that just you know they have to deal with so much corruption when there's there's um, you know so much money and 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 whatnot involved, and and then then smaller um, organizations who have got all the heart but they don't have the 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 organizational skills to to run them as effective as they could and so yeah i've really felt like i really want to kind of uh one be a thought leader in the whole refugee space but also um understand it from that different level so back to uni it is i'm a student again and and it's not fun but uh you know it's it's um it's it, the motivation knowing that I'm actually preparing for this next season of my life is really keeping me, you know, my yep. focused in that. Yep. And learning is never wasted. No, certainly not. Meeting some great people along the way, the connections I'm making too is just it's just great. Yeah, there's so many positives to bring out of something that can be yeah a little daunting for sure to go back into the classroom and. Well, I look forward to your mm. reflections too as a student. Um, yes. For- for students as well in uh, in the healthcare space, yeah, and your perspective on that, um, the kind of affinity you have with people studying, so that will be that'll be good. Yeah, mate. And that being said, mate, um, I feel like I've exhausted all that I can uh, pump out, but I'd love to hear a bit more about um, about yourself. Um, stuff, especially that um, for those that aren't familiar with you. Um, We'll get to know the the other the other side of Ben. Uh, some of them may already know that you've got a first aid background. If they've been jumping into any of the trainer chats and videos that are offered through the Australian Paramedical College, um, but uh, we grew up and uh, in uh, in Australia together. I moved overseas, and it wasn't long after that you um, you joined me there for a bit. Now you've got a background if in media i mean you were the the singer songwriter made some had some a few awards all right growing up in the days right yes that is true won a recording studio session to produce your first album is that right 
Uh, well, we're going to yes. let everybody know we're what that into that's that. called, so Do you can go and Google online. it. <laughs> Do not search online. Go for it. You'll love it. Um, but you found yourself uh, in New York. You you were in the music department there, right? So putting all your 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 creative skills to use there, and um, and you know you even got to record in a pretty famous studio, right? Yep. Yep. I did. What yep. was what was that? Who? I forget the name now, but uh, you know all the guys. Paul McCartney. You found yourself. You recorded in with Paul McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You took over, right? And you said. I took over. Yeah, yeah. I said, Paul, look, it. you've been doing it for a long time, mate, and it's showing. <laughs> um, but no, so you know, I've always had a background. Yeah. In creative communication media creative writing, that sort of thing, which is what I went to you uni got your for. De- degree in that, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. And um and you know, because of some health complications, I, I found it really hard to just sit at a computer, which is a lot of the writing and mm-hmm. media journalistic communication sort of roles were, um uh jobs. And um I found that difficult and uh I came back home Mm. from New York uh, with my wife and um, and really wanted to start up my own business. Mm-hmm. And I had done, because we'd done quite a bit of humanitarian stuff over in New York as well with the, uh, the church there, mm. I came home, had a little involvement with the Red Cross mm. with some uh, um, activities they were doing. And, uh, and then there was, there was a shortage of first aid trainers. And it was kind of like, whoever who wants to be trained in, in doing first aid, right? And, you know, I'd seen some people in some bad ways. I'd done a simple first aid course before. Um, and But I loved the education part. I loved the teaching part, the communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And, um, and I thought maybe I could start my own business or something. And this was back probably 10 years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so did that. Got trained up with the Red Cross uh, as a first aid trainer and trained for them for a little while. And um, what first aid training was like, maybe back then, maybe it's a little bit like that still now, was a two-day thing. And I quickly realized that I was not going to – I was going to get pretty bored with this content, right? And it was such a shame because this content, this stuff in a first aid course – the basics of emergency response, right, skills that everyone should know, mm. should be comfortable with to help a loved one or anyone in an emergency. If you want to get taught in this stuff, you are going to go through a two days of complete boredom, right? First aid courses are terrible. The ones that I've been to. Yeah, I, I do remember vividly the one I went to and uh, – I think we joked half the time it were just to make it go quicker because it yes. was uh, it was very boring. But uh, and sometimes so. I got the strangest people up there, and you think, really? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so people and people have to kind of some people in certain industries have to do it quite regularly. I could yeah. imagine what it would be like having to like, oh, I got to go to this yeah boring course again. Okay, so, yeah, so what I was did you like, do? look, I'm going to die with this job if I don't flip, you know, make it a bit, mix it up a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, so I brought in, you know, my creative writing side and I, yeah. and I and some media and I started making my own 
training videos yeah. um, for CPR and things like that, and my bit of web experience as well through my job roles, and um, and really found uh, that I could bring what I'd learnt and my passion in other areas into teaching first aid uh, mm. in this whole new healthcare space. And it, correct me if I'm you won an award for one of those videos. Is that right? I wasn't going to mention it, but <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, I did. The Australian Resuscitation Council awesome. uh, ran a YouTube um, competition for somebody who could uh, develop the best 90-second CPR, uh, hands-only CPR training video. And um, and at the time, I was running my own first aid training business. Mm-hmm. And on the side of that, I, I was writing and producing – a more comprehensive CPR training video with a bit of an edge. Mm-hmm. Like, as I say, not boring, um, bit quirky, bit silly, uh, and fun, which is me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and so we thought, oh, this competition's up. We may as well do this little 90-second thing on the side. Sure. We could kind of kind of morph what our sort of 12-minute program into like a 90-second thing and, mm-hmm. and utilize what we've already got, some of the uh, content that we've already filmed. And uh, and so we did, and uh, sent it off. And anyway, is there is it still up on YouTube? You can go to the ARC website, resus.org and uh, .org.au. Look Check through it the, out, guys. Look through the the blogs there, and and find um, me in a, a red suit, which um, a red pilot suit, randomly. Which may be a stripper suit. I'm not sure. I, I was going to say it sounded like you knocked off a, but it a Virgin Airlines it stewardess, and it was or it's like all that. PG. I mean, okay. probably yeah, PG. Um, but yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so, and I just um, you know through that from my first aid training, I learned how to build a business, obviously mm. educate, and I and I grew a real passion to to um, help people understand and remember the fundamentals of first aid because going to a boring first aid course, unless you are really, really interested right. interested in it, you are not going to learn it. You're not going to pick it up. You're not going to remember it um, the, the day after or even years after when you may have to use it. And so I was kind of really, really um, inspired to make a program, mm. not only video, but also a face-to-face program that was mm-hmm. um, engaging and um, and I ended up yeah developing my own business uh, up in up in Brisbane. So, so that was great. And sorry, no, I was going to say. I mean, you you're incorporating so many different aspects of into into your life, the journey you've you've been on, and, and the journey. Yeah. And it's interesting because we see the journey, and some of you may have already decided you're on the path right. to. I want to be a paramedic. I want to be. Um, work in the mines, I want to work overseas um, in in healthcare, emergency healthcare, wherever it may be. Um, And that's great because it's good to pick a point in the distance and go, yeah, Yeah. that's kind of where I want to be. But in rubbing shoulders with people in this industry um, through my first aid training and now um, working with Australian Paramedical College, talking with students Mm. who a lot of them have volunteer experience in the industry as well, and then talking with the alumni, people who have gone through the program, and uh, and others in the industry, and I, and it's just amazing that you can um, so so you can pick a path, yep, and it may be a new path for you, but you can work in so much. It just happens. What what you've got in life experience, right, 
can really bring and what you've got in life in your life experience whether it be random like mm-hmm. media video creative writing and then you're in and you think i i want to chase this kind of paramedic journey all of that can contribute and enrich your career and your contribution to this industry and to the lives of other people um you know it, it's it's not all a waste yeah the other thing I'll say yeah. is that through rubbing shoulders with these people, um, I've realized that they have, their path has taken them in right. ways they didn't anticipate. But they've found that their participation to and their boldness to jump in and start the journey mm-hmm. and go with the opportunities that arise. It may not be exactly what they thought in at the start, but they've found that yes, their their passion, getting involved, making a start, which mm-hmm. you're pretty good at getting involved, stepping mm-hmm. out, making a start, um, has they wouldn't have written it that way. No, but it's brought so much, um, you know, fulfilment to them and satisfaction. And um, like some of the people we're we're have already interviewed, yeah, and uh, whose interviews are. Uh, about to launch in the in the mm-hmm. coming weeks, um, they've found a, a reason, purpose, mm-hmm. and significance that they didn't, you know, anticipate. I guess, and there's only one way to do it. There's only one way to find that, and that's yeah, diving in. Um, so, so it's inspiring. Well, uh, I, it's so true, and you alluded to this um, a little bit earlier, and I, I wanted to touch on it. Um, you mentioned you had some pretty significant health issues because as you, as you look at how you in, uh, are able to incorporate not only the, the good but also the bad mm-hmm. things that happen um, into your journey, into your story and how they can actually you know, shape the person that you are today. What happened to you when you were, I think, 12 years old um, was has has completely altered your life and probably you know maybe you could shed a bit of shed a lot of how that has even influenced as as to where you are today and 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 your even your interested interest in in the health care industry yeah um it has and healthcare professionals Mm. emergency workers have um saved my life Mm. a number of times um and yeah, so at 12, uh, 12 years of age, I uh, was about eight or nine months of suddenly not being able to eat very well, um, not being able to keep food down, getting really, really thin mm. and uh, getting a lot of tests and and uh, seeing a lot of specialists. And, um, and finally, um, I woke up one day after eating a whole lot of popcorn. I went out to the movies with friends. Uh, we saw probably Space Jam or one of those movies. That might give reference to my age, which I don't mind. That's okay. Um, and uh, and so I, th- I was keeping down popcorn. I was eating. And this is somebody, you know, a young kid who hasn't really been able to keep down food for eight or nine months. And I was actually eating this stuff and not feeling nauseous and not vomiting it up. Mm-hmm. Woo, amazing. Um the next morning, though, popcorn, um, there's a fair lot of soluble and insoluble fiber in popcorn, which if you have an inflamed bowel that I did, um, it's like a, you know, 
Oh, dear. It's trouble. So it was violent pain and my mum grabbed me and said, that that's it. Nobody's been able to tell us what's going on here, but I got to take you to the ER. Wow. And um, so we did that. And uh, then I had emergency surgery that day um, to remove uh, an ab- grapefruit-sized abscess on the bowel and uh, a reasonable chunk of the bowel. And um, then in the weeks following, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Mm. So it's an inflammatory bowel disease. Um, it's it's more common now, but back then, never heard of it. Um, and it's not known what exacerbates Crohn's, what yeah, brings say, on a flare. It doesn't have a lot of, you know, no. Nobody research knows. behind a really... You know, treat it and cure it. Absolutely. No, there's no cure. um, And lots of things work for some people and don't work for the others. And, um, but it is one of those prognoses that um, you will be interacting with healthcare professionals, hospitals, and Mm. emergency services um, quite a bit more than the average person throughout your life. And I certainly have. And in fact, Six years on from that, um, I had a, a similar flare-up, uh, quite a critical flare-up that resulted in emergency surgery again. And it was a friend um, uh, who worked as an emergency um, ER nurse mm. in a hospital. And he looked at me and he's he knew I wasn't right. And he said, you need to get yourself to hospital. Well, I don't just know what's up with you. you. Yeah. He could tell that this yeah. wasn't just, uh, you know, you're going to faint. This is there's something serious going on inside. Yeah, he'd seen wow. it. I mean, he'd probably seen people really sick um, all day, every day for a long, long time. And um, and so wow. and then that day, I was having emergency surgery again, removing abscess. Um, it was quite critical that time, and they weren't sure how how they could uh, actually succeed. Um, but um, and then in the weeks and months leading, you know, following that. Um, in the hospital, um, yeah, let's just say that um, I've really grown a mm. fondness for people, mm. um, healthcare professionals. Uh, I've really grown a fondness for health healthcare professionals and the work that they do and the heart and passion that they have. It's not a job that you go into thinking I'm going to be rich. <laughs> if you're thinking that. Uh, Probably need to reassess your motives. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you can get to some, you know, specialist, you know, sort of um, a level. Um, but the people that I've it's interacted a with that job. have saved it's my life—they're the passion, mm. and um, and they're beautiful people, and they've all got a story, which mm. is why I'm really excited to be able to talk in this longer form, yeah, format we conversation with people, yeah. On the front lines of emergency healthcare, helping people and um, enriching this our communities, yeah, and supporting them at the worst times in their lives. Yeah. And I think we're we're seeing that now, aren't we? I mean, we're seeing how when crisis hits the world, um, and in this case, right now, we're living through a pandemic. Um, and and who do we turn to? Who are we? Re- we're cheering um, and clapping in the streets and and writing signs for it's it's our healthcare professionals, emergency workers. Um, they're not just essential; they are so important, and mm. um, they are that you know, like you said, they there's so many opportunities 
um, out there. We're going to be able to uncover some of those things, but um, but yeah, we really want to make sure we're uncovering the the, the person behind that, not yeah. just the the job or the career itself. So I think it's um, I think you've hit it on the head there, mate. Yep. And it's inspiring to know that, um, and you'll, they'll say the same thing, is that it's, it's ordinary people mm. uh, doing extraordinary things by stepping out and following this path and the extraordinary things just come with them, you know, stepping into opportunities and um, using the knowledge uh, and building upon their experiences. And um, they, are, they are heroes, as you've said, front lines of our current uh, crisis around the world Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to bringing their stories to you know the rest of the the community and the people particularly that are starting out on their journey yeah and and you might not even you might be just curious as to what it's like yeah to do some of these roles so we're going to get some really nitty-gritty behind the the scenes look and stories as to to what a day in the life is of, of, of different career professionals, health professionals. And so it's going to be, um, I think, very intriguing and interesting. So you might not even be enrolled to study yet. Um, you might not even, might just be toying with the idea. So hopefully this has got something in it for you as well um, that are out there um, listening. Um, so, uh, um, yeah, we've got lots to kind of, get stuck into we've got a few people lined up and um a few we've already talked to so i think it's going to be uh it's going to be a fun 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 podcast to be part of i'm pumped yeah we're looking forward to taking you on the journey guys um thanks for listening to this one i hope it's been uh of interest hearing about our backgrounds and Mm. why uh we're doing the changing lives podcast um make sure you subscribe um, so that you can be notified when our new episode comes up Um, so in the coming weeks uh, we hope to give you um, these stories we've been talking about Uh, and we want to make sure that you you get them and you can listen in and follow the journey Uh, we're also on youtube tim that's it youtube you can subscribe there make sure if you want to get uh to know the f- uh, the faces behind w- the voices you're yes. hearing yes yes if uh, you, you are seeing us now you are probably on youtube that's right well and uh you know there are so many other ways you can stream the podcast i think we're going to be trying to be on as many platforms as we yeah, possibly all your favorite, can any favorite platform yeah. apple um spotify google rate rate us review it'd be really helpful um yep. just to get the word out as well so yeah um, even a bad review Apparently, uh, a bad review of, of him. Please. If you hated this, <laughs> you, you got something to say about me? Um, put it, please. Tell the world about it um, because any review is good. So, <laughs> isn't it true? Like, like you only really get bad reviews or really good reviews. Like, yeah, it's either like I'm, um, I'm, I'm. If you're feeling I'm, eh about it, then you, you couldn't you give any more time. But no. if you like that was terrible i'm gonna let them know so hopefully this hasn't been too bad and all we will get is good reviews so ignore everything he said about leaving bad reviews but um yeah definitely it's been fun it's going to be a great journey and uh we're really looking forward to to getting as many episodes out there into your media world awesome till next time don't stop changing lives
Thanks for listening to another episode of Changing Lives, brought to you by Australian Paramedical College. If you're enjoying our podcast, please consider rating it, leaving a review or sharing it with a friend. And don't forget to subscribe to stay tuned for all future episodes. Did you know we're also on YouTube? Search for Changing Lives Podcast and you can watch our episodes in HD video, see the studio and put a face to a name. Speaking of studios, this podcast was filmed, recorded and produced by Make Media Studios. Special thanks to our audio-visual engineer and editor, Jose Biotto. And as always, it has been great to be with you. Until next time, don't stop changing lives.